Welcome to freescripturebooks.org, the knowledge of God, where we study words or subjects or um, in, in, the, in the Bible, both Old Testament and New Testament. We're on judgment. This is the seventh part of uh, judgment. We're doing a thorough study on judgment and judgment of God, the very basic judgment element teaching a judgment, which is eternal life. But there's other judgments that are more difficult to grasp and understand. And we're moving through those. Um, one of them is called the day of the Lord, or we could call it the wedding day, the day that Jesus meets his bride in the sky. The day of the Lord. Let's start out with 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 1, verse 4 through 9. I thank my God always concerning you for the grace of God which was given you in Christ Jesus, that in everything that you were enriched in him, in all speech and all knowledge, even as the testimony concerning Christ was confirmed in you, that you were not lacking in any gift, awaiting eagerly the revelation of the Lord Jesus Christ, who will also conform or confirm you to the end, blameless in the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is faithful through whom you are called in fellowship with his son, Jesus Christ. Blameless. So, so God is expecting us to be blameless on the day of the Lord when Jesus returns for his church. So what it, how can we be, uh, be blameless? I mean, how many days can we live blameless? Most people don't think we can even go an hour or, you know, without uh, being blamed for something, for some kind of sin. And other people believe you can go a long time. So how can we be blameless? I mean, how is that possible to be blameless? And he's talking about blameless as a matter of a heart. We're supposed to love God of all our heart, all our soul, all our mind, and all our, and all, uh, all our strength. I mean, if you're a parent, have you ever had a child that tried real hard, you know, to please you? They did their best. They they were sincere, but they came short because they didn't, you know, have the know-how on the outside. They did some certain things wrong, but they really, and they were really hurt when they didn't please you. Well, same thing, you know, that, uh, but you were really hurt because they were hurt. But God's the same way. We can be blameless because our heart, our affection, we are turned towards Him. And we're, but we're learning how to navigate a world of sin. We're learning how to navigate uh, an enemy of Christ, an enemy of the church, an enemy of our own souls and hearts. How do we live blameless? How do without you know knowing everything, how can we press forward and be blameless? But it says on the day of the Lord that's, that Jesus Christ who will also confirm us. Jesus is going to be the one who confirm us to be blameless. We can't get that our own. We can't clean up enough to be found blameless. All we can do is be sincere and seek after him, and he will cause us to be blameless. So will, uh, will we have perfect behavior before the day of the Lord? <laughs> Hopefully we're having better behavior, and especially, you know, but... Uh, but no, we not have perfect behavior. I mean, if you lose your cool one day or or if you say something wrong, we talked about idle words a while back, but if you said an idle word and you know no, I'm no longer perfect, I'm no longer blameless. Oh no, am I if uh, am I still considered part of the bride of Christ? Am I still going? Well, if you if you're perfect if you have a perfect heart towards the Lord, then then certainly your behavior is is not always going to be perfect, but it can be better and we need to try to be you know better in our behavior, but it, what the Lord is looking for is a perfect heart, a heart that's, you know, that's after him. David is a, a, a man after my own heart, and we need to have a heart after God. So a perfect heart is a quick-to-repent heart. When we have done something wrong, when we have been confronted, either by the Holy Spirit or by a check in our spirit or by people or by just what we see, we're quick to repent. A blameless, you know, blameless not David means we're quick to repent now. We're easy to hear and obey. We don't wait till tomorrow to obey. We hear today, and if it's possible to do today, we do it quickly. 
when God told Abraham, I want you to sacrifice your son, it says he got up immediately the next morning and went up to sacrifice his son. He didn't wait. He didn't call a bunch of friends and say, you know, did I hear God right? And that would be one of those things you'd want to call your friends and pastor, you know, and get a group of people. Uh, could you help me? To, I need some confirmation here. Did I hear God right? But no, Abraham loved God so much that he believed he could hear from God. And so he went immediately. Many times we're kind of living half and half. And we're not always having an ear towards the Lord. We're kind of doing some of our own things or trying to throw some of our own things in there. So we're not quick to obey because we're not quick to hear. We don't hear quickly. So easy to hear. So, so being blameless on the day of the Lord Jesus Christ and having a perfect heart means we are going to be quick to hear, easy to hear, and quick to obey. And walk in the Spirit. You walk in the Spirit. You will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Why does a, a good man, a good woman, why do we still sin? Because we're walking in the flesh we're walking, rather than walking in the Spirit. We have a choice. Every day we can choose to get up out of bed and walk in the Spirit or walk up or walk in the flesh. Now, I'm not a morning person. So i got to put on the Lord Jesus, as it says in several places in Scripture. Put on the Lord Jesus Christ. Put on the new man. Put off the old man. Well, I'm not a morning person, so i got to do that kind of thing. Because I don't wake up in the spirit. I wake up in the flesh. Now, some of you morning people, you probably go to bed in the flesh. <laughs> yeah. But but we need to walk in the spirit. Walk in the spirit, you will not fulfill the lust of flesh. How can a, a man who loves God after 40 years serving God and, and do some of the things he do? Because he did it in the flesh that day. Your flesh doesn't disappear. We have to make a choice. You know, it doesn't matter how long you've been away from whatever sin it is, you know, deliver from it for 20, 30 years, you can still be tempted in that area and decide to go do it if you want, because we're not held back, but if we walk in the spirit, we will not walk in the flesh. A living in relationship, we're living in relationship, not a set of rules. We really need to, you know, show this. If we had a set of rules, we do have a set of rules, you know, 10 commandments and plus many, many, many other commandments. But you can't have a relationship of a, ten, a bunch of, of commandments. If you try to have a relationship with your children, with your spouse, and or just in marriage, if you just held held up your vows every day, are you you know, and told your and and your wife asked you know your husband to say, are you gonna are you still gonna love me for rather it's you know, for for rich or for poor, rather um, good health or sickness? If they did that every day, that that marriage is gonna erode pretty quick because we can't live by a set of rules. We can't be doing checkoffs and everybody make sure you check off every box so that I'm gonna love you that day. We have to live in a relationship. And of course, relationships are strained when rules are broken, when they're consistently broken and they need to be, you know, um, confronted. The same thing with Jesus, but Jesus is not coming to us with a set of rules that we gotta keep and then we gotta keep to be found blameless on the day of the Lord um, every day. But in relationship, he only deals with us on one of two things. Jesus dealt with his churches in the book of Revelation. I have this against you, or I have this against you. He doesn't bring a whole list of things, you know, a file, a whole list of complaints against us. So HR can come down and, and say, Jesus, file those complaints. We've got to live in a relationship. But many people try to live in a relationship without any rules and thinking they can live in an open relationship. Well, this is not an open relationship. This is a closed relationship. You can only have one Lord, one Savior, one God, and His name is Jesus Christ. We can't be going to what we want to. We can't be going to all the false gods we used to go to, even if we didn't call them gods, but they were gods. That's called, you know, idolatry. So Jesus does not allow for an open relationship. We've got to live in a relationship you know, with him and come to him, and not a, a not a long distance relationship. I know Christians have a long distance relationship. Some people are even taught that way that we don't hear from God anymore, that God doesn't speak, that we just gotta, 
you know, walk, uh, this, their idea of walking by faith is God doesn't speak anymore. And so we just got to bear, bear it through. But the Holy Spirit is down here. He does lead us in all truth. He does talk to us. He does show us things to come. And so we got to live in a relationship and not a, and not a set of rules. If you're living in a, a set of rules and you're always going to be checking off what you did right and you're always going to be condemned for what you didn't do right or what you didn't finish or didn't fulfill. But when you live in a, having a living relationship, then there is some give and take. There is some mercy. There is some grace in that. And that's what Jesus gives, gives to us. When there is you know, correction and confrontation, Jesus is not, you know, uh, I mean, he'll do it. He will confront us. The Holy Spirit will confront us when we keep breaking a rule that hurts because all the rules were given to show us, you know, uh, show that we're, we're, people are getting hurt in love. If I'm breaking commandments, I'm hurting you in love and I'm hurting somebody else in love. But if he says that if we keep all the commandments, or keeping love. If we keep staying in love, then we're keeping all the commandments of, of Moses and, and the prophets. Because those rules are to show where we're not walking in love towards our neighbor. We're not walking in love towards God. Not walking in love even towards ourselves. So let's go into the second part of the day of the Lord. First um, Corinthians chapter 5 verses 3 through 5. I'm only going to read the last part. It says, um, I have decided to deliver, uh, may be saved in the day of the Lord Jesus. Uh, this is talking, uh, Paul is turning over a man over to Satan to be, for, for the destruction of his flesh so they may be saved, may be saved in the day of the Lord Jesus. The man was sleeping with his uh, um, stepmother and, and, and Paul said, this is not right. You know, a little leaven spoils the whole lump. So you need to not have dinner with this man. You need to kick this man out of church and, and not have any fellowship with him until he comes, until shame comes upon him and he learns not to sin against the Lord. And so it says, I have decided to deliver such as a man to Satan for the destruction of the flesh, so that the spirit may be saved in the day of the Lord. We want to be saved in the day of the Lord. So it talks about a lot through scripture. Look up that yourself. Look up the phrase, the day of the Lord. So now this is on a, on a great level. This is on a great level of somebody sinning. But, we all, but we're all uh, put to the fire. Even uh, Jesus said that every man will be salted, not assaulted, but salted with fire. So all of us are going to have trials and tribulations to burn to burn our flesh, to burn the things out of our life. Because many times we don't give up something until it bites back. You know, we consider it a pet until it bites back, then it becomes an enemy. You know, sin in the beginning is, is fun, but after a while it's bites back. And, it has, and of course, the wages of sin is death. And a minimal wage will even cause death in different areas of your life. So God does give us trials and tribulations. There are trials and tribulations here. The scripture tells us to count ourselves dead to sin. Sin is not dead. We're supposed to count ourselves dead to sin. Sin is still going out there. If we count ourselves dead to sin, that means sin can't get us riled up. Sin can't get us, you know, uh, to partner up <laughs> and and to join it. Uh, appointed for every man to die. Uh, we're all uh, every man is appointed to die and then face judgment. So before that, we're going to be we're going to have fire, so we can be saved in the day of the Lord. Uh, Pharaoh, let my let my flesh go. God gave me this message, oh man, probably 16, 17 years ago. You know, Moses went into Egypt and says, let my people go. Well, we as a new creation in Christ Jesus, we need to say that Pharaoh is our flesh. We need to tell our flesh to let, to let us go because we have too many carnal ways. And even those carnal ways doesn't mean wickedness or sin. It just means natural. We have too many natural ways that are leading us from Christ. Too many cares of this world that are not 
allowing us to be, you know, to be found in Christ or be found blameless in Christ. We can be found in Christ, but we're not blameless in Christ because we're allowing the trials and tribulations and the cares of this world and all the nonsense to take us away from being in a deep, intimate relationship with the Lord. So Pharaoh, you know, let flesh, let my, let me go and take up the cross and follow me. Talks about taking up the cross and following me. We're supposed to crucify our flesh. We're crucified with Christ, so we're supposed to be counted, you know, counted as crucified. But crucify, um, it's like, uh, well, we just need to tell ourselves no more often, okay? We need to tell ourselves no. Let's move on here. Let's go on to the third scripture on the day of the Lord. Philippians uh, chapter 1, verse 3 through 6. I'm going to read the last part. He says, He who began a good work and you will, perf will perfect it until the day of Christ Jesus. Same thing as the day of the Lord. He who began a good work, this is something I remind myself, we're supposed to renew our mind. And so when I'm falling short of the glory of God, when I made a mistake once again, when I didn't think I was going to make it, I got to rely on the scripture. Not only the one that says, if you confess our sins, that God is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us of all unrighteousness, found in one of the small books of John, but also this one that that if, you know, he who has began a good work, and I'm a good work, you're a good work in Christ Jesus, he will perfect it. He'll perfect it until the day of Christ Jesus. Only God can make us blameless. We can't make ourselves blameless. We can, you know, prepare ourselves or make ourselves presentable or show up so he can do his work. But we are his workmanship in Christ Jesus. We are not our own workmanship. He is the potter. We are the clay. The clay can't get on the, you know, up, up and, and, and tell the potter what to do. But when we show up, he will make us blameless. So be perfect. And how do you be perfect? Keep moving forward. Keep moving closer to Jesus. The scripture says, if I draw close to God, God will draw close to us. And so we want to draw close to him. We keep moving forward. If, if he began a good work in us, which he has, he will finish it. So don't stop. Don't look back to Egypt. The scripture talks about if Israel was to look back to Egypt, then they would find a reason to return. You know, anytime, it all says if any man uh, who uh, puts his hand to the plow and looks back, he is not fit for the kingdom of God. we got to move forward no matter what happens. Because anytime we look back, not only are we not moving forward, or at least moving forward very slowly, but we're going to find an opportunity to return. We're going to remember the leeks and the onions as the Israel said. We're going to remember the good things of living a sinful life. We're just not going to remember the judgments. We're not going to remember the pain and suffering. And we're going to go back. And then find out that we're like a dog returned to his vomit and going, you know what? This doesn't taste as well as it did the first time around. <laughs> so so we we should not look back to Egypt. We cannot look back to our former life. You know, crucifying the flesh and moving forward and God causes assaulted with fire. There, there's some things going to happen. And sometimes you're going to go, why, and why did I come out into this wilderness before going to the promised land? It was better back in Egypt. Well, we can't have that attitude. We cannot look back. we got to have our eyes set upon the prize, which is Jesus Christ. And giving us a blameless heart because we are his workmanship so don't go back to self-effort either if you get out there and going god i don't you know i trusted you this far but i don't know if i can trust you any further than this so let me take over let me take over the reins you know i used to do that and the lord says you know you take over the reins because you want to somehow think you can tr control how much pain is but often we end up inflicting when we take over the reins inflicting more pain than we should we go we go the you know taking the longer route <laughs> And we, really, we need to allow the Lord uh, to perfect us and not trying to do it on our own. So this is going to have to turn into a second part as well. Um, freescripturebooks.org, the knowledge of God. Be blessed.